Welcome to Jumping the String Podcast. Jumping the String Podcast. Dedicated to the wildlands and the wild places we love. Based in western Montana, Jumping the String brings you the best hunting and fishing of the backcountry. Welcome back to Jumping the String Podcast. Rolling solo today. Today was supposed to be a special episode. I was bringing in a new co-contributor, Mr. Cole Bouchore, but uh, fortunately, looks like his baby was coming today, so congrats to Cole being a new dad. We will have to have you on in a future episode. Cole has a mean, mean freedom mullet, and I think his kid came out with one as well, so that's that's just awesome. Um, wish you all the best, Cole, you and your wife, and welcoming your new baby to the world. So since I'm by myself today, we're going to try to keep this short and sweet. So rifle season just wrapped up here in western Montana. That pretty much concludes most of the big game hunting for this area. We do have some late season archery hunts still going on. Those will be uh, rolling out until about January 15th or so. After that, we're looking at shoulder hunts, elk shoulder hunts until about the 15th of February. But also, New this year is a traditional or a heritage muzzleloader season. So I've been getting my replica Kentucky long rifle put back together. I've had it about 10 years. Shot it a few times, taken a few deer with it back in the Midwest. But to be perfectly honest, haven't had a need to bust it out in a while. Um, Montana was the last state in the Union to uh, not have a dedicated muzzleloader season. So because of that, I just opted to either bow hunt or rifle hunt. Using this traditional muzzleloader, I would much prefer bow hunting. Uh, reloading it is the most interesting of tasks. But I'm excited this year. Uh, I still have a general elk and general deer tag. So hopefully I can get one of those filled. Probably just my deer tag. All my elk spots um, won't be open for this season. So, And I don't have permits for a particular unit that I like to hunt. I did notice that my number 11 percussion caps that you use uh, on my rifle. It's a percussion cap rifle. So you basically stick a little primer looking thing on a... Over a, a hole, you drop the hammer and it ignites the charge. Apparently, there's a worldwide shortage of these things. And I could not find mine until I flipped the entire house upside down. Ended up finding them. Thank goodness. So I will be able to use my muzzleloader this year. So good luck to anyone else that is 
participating in the traditional muzzleloader season this year. Should be a good time. In other news, um, on last day of rifle season, I was able to film my cow tag, cow elk tag here, which was just awesome. Um, what a great day. What a wild day. What a turn of events. It was kind of insane. Um, my wife and I had gone out for my birthday the day prior. We had a small herd of elk in front of us at about 150 yards, and we sat on them for about 45 minutes, and then just one never presented an opportunity for us. They pretty much uh, were looking at us the whole time, knew we were there. At one point had winded us, so it was kind of, we were just waiting. We had a very small, small shooting lane, and it just didn't pan out that day, so. That Saturday, we had to head home with our heads down. Next morning, I went out by myself, bright and early. Uh, the previous day, we had kind of seen a huge herd of elk crossing the road right near the hunting ground, so I thought, I thought I would try and set up right on the borderline here between private and some public ground where we had seen them cross the day before. And I could tell even in the dark, that they had already come through about 20 minutes before I was getting set up. So they this huge herd had come through, and they had already crossed onto the private ranch. So I said, all right, well, plan B. So continued driving down to the spot where my wife and I were at the day before, and then we roll up, and man, there's like three or four cars there. And there wasn't uh, anybody there yesterday. And it's kind of a secret spot for us because it's a very small area that not a lot of people hunt. But today they were. So I kind of sat there. Uh, everyone was in their truck still. We kind of did the look around at each other. Who's going to leave? Who's going to stay? I eventually just said, hey, I'm the last one here. I'm leaving. So I turned around, drove back up the road, and eventually went to, to Plan C. And to be honest, I wasn't wasn't too enthusiastic at that point pretty much had written off the day and was just hoping I was going to see something during the new muzzleloader season but either way continued hunting got parked grabbed all my gear loaded up hiked in about two miles uh, and hadn't seen anything for about an hour hour and a half and shortly after I had been sitting there about an hour and a half, uh, I hear about three or four shots ring up on some public land that's above me. I hadn't seen elk up, up that high uh, yet. They were either down low in the private or kind of right in the middle of the mountain there. So I was kind of surprised and I'm like, oh, well, hopefully somebody shot a nice bull. And uh, later on found out there uh, somebody did shoot a nice bull on a private ranch that was up there, pretty much right out their front door. A little bit of context here. Uh, this particular unit needs a special bull permit, and then it's a special draw permit for cow elk. And that's the, the permit I had for this unit was a cow elk. So just cow hunting today. Didn't have that bull tag. Uh, although this particular day I wish I did. So I'm sitting there, kind of um, start glassing around a little bit. I can kind of see up the up the hill a little bit over this private into the National Forest. 
Um, I'm on some state ground. And I don't see anything. And then I probably hear at least five or six more shots. And I'm like, holy smokes, what's going on up there? And I could tell it was from a different spot. And higher up the mountain again. And then about two minutes later, I hear another two shots. I'm two miles in. Um, and this is about three miles to the south of me. So after hearing all these shots, I'm like, man, I got to make something happen. So I do a, a brisk walk back to the truck two miles back and I hear some more shooting going on. So my thinking was that they were going to make a beeline for the private ranch that's at the river bottom down there. So figure if I get over there, I might have a shot. Um, so I get back to my truck, drive over there, head that direction, and then uh, pull up around the corner, and there's a game warden sitting there. He's watching the elk herd go by. And I'm like, oh, and they're on a huntable plot of ground. And I'm like, man, I just freaking missed them. And so they run onto the private, and I'm like, oh, this is not good. So talk with him. He tells me, um, you know, gave me some uh, information from the day before. And basically after everyone had left the previous day, that big herd came back across the the road. And the last hunter in, in for this area that had stayed ended up shooting a bull. So I'm like, oh, man, you're kidding me. But after that point, I was pretty bound and determined to to get my elk that day. And so I was going to go turn around and try to hike back up that area to see if there's any elk um, left over. And then I see a, a herd, a small herd of elk, about 20, coming back um, across the main highway there, coming back onto private ground, which, which butts up to this BMA. So... I was like, well, we'll see what happens. So I parked my rig, got out, walked in a little ways, and then I look to my right and I see a hunter that is directly on the fence line. And here comes this herd of elk. I'm like, this, there is no freaking way. And sure enough, they jump this fence with that hunter right there. And he's got a little raghorn in front of him, one legal bull in the whole group. And then shoots at about 50 or 75 yards and misses. Poor bastard. And then the elk herd beelines it towards me. So I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And then sure enough, they get about 200 yards in front of me. And uh, I get ready for a shot. Last elk in the group is a cow. And I put one a uh, little, little far back. But um, probably caught the back edge of the lungs, I think. And I could tell she was hurt. They kind of came together, shuffled the deck. And then they were about to hop over the fence, the other side of the fence line, back onto private. And I'm like, oh, this is not happening. And then for whatever reason, they turned back around and went the other way towards those other hunters. At this point now, though, they were a little closer to the road, maybe a thousand yards from the road. And they couldn't shoot anyways cause, anymore because they were up high shooting down towards the road, which is an obvious no-no. But I was facing the opposite direction and shooting 
into a different hill. So I had a clean shot with a good backstop. So the elk herd starts running back from the way they came. And last cow in the group is the one I had shot. You could tell she was she was hurting. So I shot two more times in the bread basket and uh she eventually dropped and I couldn't believe it. What a what a wild, wild time to go from zero to a hundred that quickly. It was just insane. So I got up there and um you know, did my thing and eventually started getting her gutted out and I was gonna just do a drag by myself. Um it was gonna be a long drag, but it is what it is. Then this guy comes down from over this hill, comes and says, Hey, his name's Randy, good guy. Uh we ended up becoming pretty good acquaintances after that. But uh he comes down, said he heard the shooting, and he was one of the guys that had shot earlier. And he had shot uh, a nice big cow up over the hill a little ways. So his was one of the shots I had heard. And that herd that he was shooting at had actually ran down to the ranch. And this the herd that I shot at was different coming from an opposite direction. So just, <laughs> just it's just insane how things work out sometimes. So he comes down, helps me out, helps me get her gutted out, and... You know, says he came from a long way. He probably, he hiked in from the same spot I did. But he went all the way up as high as you could go. And then he came all the way south. The same distance I had hiked and then hiked back and driven. But he had hiked it all. So he's probably six or seven miles in at this point. <clears throat> you know, and he congratulated me. said, you know, asked if I needed help. And um, he said he's going to try and get a ride back to his truck. So he didn't have to walk another three or four miles. And I said, well, Randy, if you help me get mine out, we'll go back and get yours. And then this is where the rest of the day goes on. <laughs> so he says he's got a game cart. So I drive him back to his truck. <laughs> on the way, we see this whitetail buck. And he's rutting hard on these two whitetail does chasing him. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I'm like, Randy, you want to shoot that deer? And his eyes lit up and parked the truck a little ways back. He put a nice stock on it, ended up dropping this little decent three by three whitetail buck. Uh, and he was happier, you know, happier than anybody ever could have been. So that was awesome. He had, said he hadn't shot a whitetail buck in forever. Done a lot of mule deer hunting, but just hadn't um, done any whitetail hunting. Didn't have any, didn't have a chance to get too much hunting this year. Honestly, had kind of a rough year, it sounded like, and he was just so happy to shoot this deer. I was really happy for him. So we get out, get this deer taken care of, pack this deer back to the truck, and then we drive my truck with Randy, his deer, back to his truck, grab his game cart, haul ass back to uh, where I had parked to shoot my elk, and the parking area there is just a little ways west of where he had shot his cow. So figured it would be a good access point to get them both out. So he had shot his deer, excuse me, he had shot his elk about 8 o'clock. I had shot mine about 9 o'clock. Long story short, we didn't get out of there till about 4 or 4.30. We uh, ended up getting up back up to the spot. We got my elk out on his game cart, which was awesome. Got it loaded up, um, 
Shout out to the game warden. He actually winched the elk from the ground into his truck. I backed mine up. We slid the elk into the back of my truck and were able to get it out whole, which is awesome. Shout out to them guys. Best game wardens in the world. So then, um, and mind you, this is on a steep ass hill. Very steep hill. And we had to go back up it to get over and then back up another hill to get to Randy's elk. So we start trucking up that hill and <laughs> we get to his deer, get it loaded up, get her cinched down on the game cart. And then we go to turn it to get it out and the game cart wheel completely <laughs> folds in half. And I knew then that we were in for a shitty day. And we were about two miles back now, maybe a mile and a half, mile and a quarter. But I knew it was going to be a shitty day. And we didn't have anything with us except our Hunter Orange, a pair of binoculars, and the game cart. So I'm like, oh, man. So I'm like, well, we're going to have to get this out. Um, you know, Randy cut off a shoulder. And I'll I'll hike that back on my shoulder. And then I'll grab our pack frames. We both have meat haulers, fortunately, with us. I'll grab them, come back, and we'll just have to pack this thing out. So he's like, yep, got to do what we got to do. So he cut me off a shoulder. I hiked it back the mile and a half or whatever with just the shoulder sitting on my shoulder, which is a little bit painful. Nobody cares. Work harder, right? So get back to the truck. Um, Game warden was there. He was just sitting there, parked there, make sure no one was going to poach any of these elk. And he's like, what happened? And I'm like, the game cart. So he's like, oof. So get my boots switched out from my winter boots to my summer boots because it's about 65 degrees now for some reason, which is just wild. And get the pack frames, get some water, get some snacks, get everything we need, get the kill kits, and head back. Head back up the hill. When I get there, Randy had made quick work of this thing. He had already packed a hindquarter up the hard part of the hill and dropped it at the top of the hill, which was nice for me. And then, so I go back with him the rest of the way to the uh, rest of the elk and we get it packed up. I ended up taking at first the back straps, tenderloins on this trip. And then he ended up taking a shoulder and a hind quarter. We hiked back up the hill, the first hill. And then that's where I picked up the hind quarter, threw it on my pack then we hiked back the rest of the way down the second hill. And eventually got out of there about 4 o'clock. So um, ended up being two trips for me, one trip for Randy. You know, Randy's just an awesome guy. He's very excited. I'm very happy that he was able to shoot that buck as well. Uh, we both got our elk. That's all that matters. What a great experience. Um, you know, great guy. I love meeting new people out in the woods. It's just amazing the type of people you can meet out there. So that's about all I got. Oh, I had uh, filled two of my doe tags, uh, one mule deer doe, one whitetail doe, so that's awesome. So, got a lot of meat so far. Hopefully, I can fill at least my A tag, get myself a buck for this year, and I will call that a successful season. But man, it's just been a crazy year. I've been uh, so blessed this year to um, be able to hunt with all the people I I have hunted with. You guys know who you are, Joey, Chad. Keith, Corey, Jared, if I'm missing anybody, I'm sorry, but you guys rock. Randy, awesome. 
It was awesome meeting the guys from Wild Texas Outdoors. It's just been a an incredible year for hunting for me and getting out and the wild, seeing things and having some awesome experiences. So with that, I think we're going to close out. Hope you guys like this episode. Stay tuned for more. Check us out on Instagram. You can see all the photos from this previous hunt as well as my hunts from the rest of the year, some turkey stuff and whatnot. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram at jumping the string. Please send me an email asking me some questions at jumping the string at gmail.com. That's jumping the string at gmail.com. We will answer your question on the podcast. Thanks again, guys. See you again soon. Thanks for listening to Jumping the String Podcast. Check back soon for new episodes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.